This morning is from Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 to 34. And if you'd like to follow in your church Bibles, you'll find this passage beginning on page 1002. 1002. Right. After John was put in prison... Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked by side the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, he called, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he drove a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in a boat preparing their nets. He called, immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. They went to Capernaum and when the Sabbath came Jesus went into the, into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching for he taught as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy, man of God, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. All the people were so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to holy evil spirits and they obey him. The news about Jesus spread quickly over the whole area of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they told Jesus about her. So Jesus went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. Jesus cured many who had various diseases, And he also drove out many demons. 
But he would not let the demons speak, for they knew who he was. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, send us your spirit and teach us your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. What should we do? That's the question this morning. What are we supposed to do as the people of God in Purley? Jesus came and proclaimed the kingdom of God is near, so believe the good news. And he died and rose again and ascended and taught his followers that he would return and that his return would herald the consummation of God's kingdom. And we have believed that message So what should we do? What's the practical consequence of that for the way in which we live our life together as God's people? What does it mean to be the church of God awaiting the return of Christ and the final heralding of God's kingdom in its fullness? I'm asking you. No, I really am. And I'm going to, I want you to think about it this morning. Uh, I'm going to give you a bit, of some, uh, bit of background and then you can start talking to each other and see what ideas you come up with. Let's just focus on what the kingdom of God means. Because that's the core of all of this. The proclamation of Jesus was that the kingdom of God is near. We live in a kingdom, don't we? We live in the just about united kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Um, We don't have a king. We have a queen. Does the same thing. Um, So we have a monarch. And the point of a kingdom, is it not, is that the monarch has ultimate authority. Um, In our kingdom these days, that's um, a sort of nominal thing. It's done uh, in a sort of constitutional way only. But nevertheless, um, as has been quite uh, prominent in the press recently, actually, it is the monarch who actually has the authority, even if they um, allow other people to enact that authority on their behalf. So within a kingdom, you would expect things to be the way the monarch wants them to be. If the monarch is the one who has the complete authority, then their way should be the way it really happens. They get what they want. You've probably noticed that's how it goes with kings and queens. They get what they want on the whole. So if the kingdom of God is a reality, if God is the supreme authority, 
what should things look like? Well, they should look like the way God wants them to look like. Things should be the way that God intends. And we started off this morning by singing about how good God is. That the goodness of God is unchanging and never-ending and knows no limits. Might not have been those exact words, but that was my memory of it. That the goodness of God is unfailing and unchanging and knows no limits. And so life in the kingdom of God should be characterised primarily by goodness, by life, by abundance, by well-being, by blessedness. That's what we might expect. So what did Jesus do about that? Well, he proclaimed the kingdom of God is near. So God's rule, God's authority, he says, is becoming more apparent. It's coming closer to you. It's more obvious. It's more tangible. It's more visible. And then he demonstrated it. What did he do to demonstrate it? Someone was very troubled with an, a spirit, a bad spirit, and he cast that spirit out. And the person was restored. And then someone was ill. And Jesus healed her. And she was restored. So immediately we see Jesus demonstrating what it means to say God's kingdom is near. If God's kingdom is becoming more apparent, more real, then we should expect to see the world becoming more like the way God intends it to be, where there is not evil, there is not suffering, there is not hurt and destruction and decay, but rather there is life and there is healing and there is salvation. So Jesus does these things not just to prove that he's clever or prove I am so too the son of God <laughs> I'll prove it to you, I'll heal you oh. <laughs> he's actually making God's kingdom a reality he's allowing God's authority to be worked out in practice and the church has always held that vision of God's kingdom being something which is not yet fully here but will be one day when Christ returns. And the vision of that kingdom is particularly found in the book of Revelation which Sarah read for us and I'll just refer back to that for a moment now at the end of the book of Revelation. Here is the vision of what the world will be like when God's authority, God's rule is made perfectly present when there is nothing that inhibits it or impedes it in any way. There will be a river of life, a river that represents um, the source of growth and food and abundance. There are 12 trees, or there are trees on the sides of the river which bear fruit 12 times a year, every month. This is a tremendous vision of people having everything they need of there being abundance, of there being plenty for everyone. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nation. So not only is there everything that we need now, 
but the things that have gone wrong in the past will be set right. There will be healing of disease, healing of relationships, healing of brokenness. There will be intimacy between God and people. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. No more darkness. What does darkness represent to you? Ignorance. Evil. Danger. Harm. There will be no more darkness. So that's a tremendously rich vision of the kingdom of God as it will be in all its fullness. Jesus proclaimed it. Jesus demonstrated it. And Jesus gave us the vision of how it will be ultimately when Jesus returns and the whole world is renewed and set aright and everything will be as God intends it to be. So, getting back to the question, what should we do in the meantime? As God's people who have believed that message and who are awaiting the fullness of God's kingdom and its completion, what should we do in the meantime, whilst we are waiting? What is the purpose, the role of us as God's people? What part do we play in God's purposes? No, I really, I'm asking you. I really am. So, now you've got to think about this now. So, have a little think or have a little talk. If you're, a, if you're a person who likes talking, talk to someone nearby. If you're a person who likes cogitating on your own, then cogitate on your own, as suits you best. But work this through for a few minutes. In light of all of that, in the light of the proclamation of God's kingdom and its coming one day, what should we, as God's church, be doing? What is our role in the meantime? Off you go.
Shall we, um, shall we just come back together again? Some people are having a well of a time there. Uh, quite a few people left. But anyway, right, shall we, um, let's, see, let's see what we've got. Um, I've asked you a question, so let's see what the answers are. So I'll just come round with my little, uh, I can use this, can I use this microphone, Nigel? Great. And uh, I'll just take one or two uh, sort of from each block of seating, one or two people who feel like saying something. I'm going to start at the, uh, the end up on the left-hand side. So uh, just pop your hand up if you want to share any thoughts on what sort of answers you had. Anyone from around here? We've got Sue, okay. Uh, we thought we needed to try and live out our faith, and one of the ways we could do that is by showing kindness to people, which is in pretty short supply these days. Okay, great. So, living out our faith by showing kindness to people. Well done. And we've got one more here. Uh, where Jesus was modelling um, uh, healing and casting out demons and things, and scarily, maybe we should be doing that as well. Okay, so we should follow in Jesus' footsteps by healing and casting out demons. Thank you. Right, now I'll come down to uh, this next block. Anyone around, around here? Anyone want to offer a sort of thought? Yes? Okay. Um, to talk to people about our faith, um, but not as it's anything peculiar, but just talk about it as it's part of your life. I just find I open my mouth and it's part of, you know, if I've been shopping, you'd say, oh, I bought so-and-so. It's part of my life and I just talk to people yeah. in that way. Great, Okay. So to talk to people about our faith, that's a good, good one, okay. Right, moving along, who's next? Chris, yeah. Well, Jesus said he came to preach the kingdom of God, and that's what we ought to be doing. 
And at the very end on the cross, he said um, that I've said the words that I came to say. Yeah. So um, it's just been said that we should talk about our lives as if it's just normal. And of course, within us, within our um, group, that is perhaps true. But actually, Christianity is not normal. It's quite extraordinary. Yeah. And it's that extraordinary aspect of it that we should be speaking about. Okay, so to preach the kingdom of God in all its extraordinariness to people who are not already aware of it. Yeah, okay, I'm going to carry on moving around. Very keen, very nice. I'm getting over there. I'm coming your way. Right, who's from this block? Someone from this block? Oh, yeah, I'll come around. Right, so we've got the last couple of comments now. What else have we got? I suppose it's to um, herald the coming of the kingdom, to really go out and tell people about you know, the coming of the king yeah, okay. and what he's bringing in so, his kingdom. To herald the coming of the kingdom. Tell people what the Lord is doing, what he's bringing. And... Well, to me... Um, all I have to do is to prepare my, my, my heart. If somebody is coming to come to you, to your house, you will sweep your house, you will prepare, you will be ready to welcome him. So if we prepare our hearts and be ready to receive Jesus. Great. So to prepare our hearts to be ready to receive Jesus, just as we would prepare our homes if we were receiving a guest. Thank you. Well, there's great answers there. Um, and there's no doubt there's more that we've not had chance to, to go all the way around. Um, I'm going to introduce to you now, now that you've done your own thinking, one particular answer to the question that comes from the great thinkers of the Anglican Church. So the, the Anglican Communion, which is the sort of umbrella organisation of all the different Anglican churches in the world have developed their own uh, statement of what they think is the, the mission of the church, to use that term. I've avoided using it up till now. I hope you've noticed. Um, we're talking about what we should be doing, what's our role in God's purposes, and one word we can use for that is our mission. And one answer to the question says that there are five different elements to it. There are five marks of joining in Jesus' mission, and therefore being part of the mission of the church. So, um, I don't know if you remember Blankety Blank, but um, if you do, then this is a sort of... I thought we might try and play Blankety Blank, but I couldn't work out a way to do it. So, um, but you can sort of play for your own blanks, as it were. So, if we can put the, we've got the slide up on the screen. I hope it's legible. I'll read it to you anyway. It's a bit small, isn't it? It, start, it says the five marks of mission... So here we go. Mark number one is proclaim the good news of the kingdom. Right? Ten blanks if you got that one. <laughs> Ten points. So we need to tell people, don't we? Several of us have mentioned this already. To be believers in the coming kingdom, we need to do exactly what Jesus did and proclaim it. Tell others. People need to know that God is king, that God's kingdom is coming. And that he is good. That that's a good thing to look forward to. It's a good thing to be ready for. It's a good thing to be part of right now. Okay? Mark number two is to teach, baptise and nurture new believers. Hmm, okay. So if we tell people and they believe and respond, 
It doesn't stop there, does it? We need to grow in our faith. We need to understand things more. We need to be looked after and enabled to be part of the church. So we need to look out for one another by teaching and nurturing one another. Is Alex still here or has he gone out? Has he gone out? He's gone out. It's coming back. I just thought it'd be nice to have a drum roll for these, but uh, uh, trying to make it more exciting. <laughs> you can do your own drum roll. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, mark number three is wait for it. Respond to human need in loving service. Now, several of you were saying this. Um, it kind of stands to reason. If we're saying God is good and God is going to heal and restore and make new, it makes sense that we should demonstrate our belief in that by doing what we can, by offering a foretaste of it. We can never do the same as what God does, but it makes sense that if we believe in that, to offer what we can, to show people God's love and God's care, simply by offering them our service, by loving them in the same way that God loves us. Okay, those are the easy three. Now there are two more that are a bit tricky that no one's mentioned yet and you might have been thinking of these and not had a chance to say. So if you do, you get double points for these two. Woo! Okay. What do points make? Prizes. No, sorry, I haven't got any prizes though. I didn't, I didn't bring anything with me but um, you can come and see me afterwards and I'll give you a pat on the back <laughs> if you got either of these two, right? Okay, so mark number four is... Here it comes. Seek to transform unjust structures of society, challenge violence of every kind, and pursue peace and reconciliation. Now, the idea behind this one is that it kind of follows on from the previous one. It doesn't make sense to carry on meeting people's needs, for example, by feeding the hungry, if there are structures in society if there are situations which keep people in that situation of hunger. So as well as helping people with their needs, we also need to work for a more fair society where people don't have those needs. Now this is more challenging because it, sometimes it can appear a bit political. Um, Mother Teresa said, when I feed the hungry... They call me a saint. When I ask why people are hungry, they call me a communist. So it's, um, it's challenging for us to know where the boundaries of our responsibility lie. But it makes sense that if we're going to meet people's needs, we also at some point should ask the question, why are people needy? And if that's because of structural injustice, or because of violence, or because of um, discord then as part of our proclamation of God's kingdom, which is a kingdom of peace and of justice, it makes sense for us to work towards that and to seek to demonstrate in our own corporate life justice and peace and well-being. And finally, number five, big drum roll now, is to strive to safeguard the integrity of creation and sustain and renew the life of the earth. The vision of God's kingdom 
is a vision of the renewal of the whole of creation. There's an unfortunate phrase which gets used sometimes, um, which is something like the end of the world, um, which is a misunderstanding of what God intends. The world is not going to end, but it is going to be transformed in God's goodness, and all the decay and corruption and suffering that we see will be transformed into something much more life-giving and abundant, as we've seen the vision of the river with the trees and the 12 crops of fruit. So again, it makes sense, if we're going to proclaim that message of the coming renewal of the earth, that we should care about the earth now, that we just seek to look after it and tend for it in the interests of all of humanity, and ultimately because God cares for it. It is God's good creation that we are part of. And so we seek to tend it and safeguard it now. So these are the official five marks of mission as determined by the Anglican Church and which offer us a good framework for answering that question. What should we be doing now as we await God's coming kingdom? As we look for God's authority to be made real and complete, what does it behove us to do? So over the coming weeks, we're going to have a series of uh, Sunday talks where we look at each of these five marks in turn, and it will help us to think about what we are already doing as a church, and also what else we might do, and possibly also what we might stop doing. Who knows? The point is to be focused and clear about our understanding of why we do what we do and how it fits into God's purposes. And there's lots and lots of things that we do already which fit in to this. The Alpha course is about proclaiming the good news. And the home groups are about nurturing and teaching. And the food bank and the CAP course and many others are about responding to need. So there's lots that we do here already that fits in. And by focusing on this particular statement of what it means to anticipate God's kingdom, we will hopefully give us more inspiration and more focus and more clarity about how we are serving God's purposes as we await the return of Jesus. So that's to come in future weeks. And for now, you can sit there and feel incredibly smug because you knew the answer and you got all those right, as I'm sure you did. Let's just briefly pray together. Father God, we thank you that you are good and that in your exercise of authority you are always doing what is good and wholesome and life-giving and healing. And we long, Father, to see more of your rule, more of your kingdom, for there to be more justice, for there to be less need, for there to be more faith and hope in you. And as we await for your enactment of your rule and your authority, we pray that you would give us wisdom to play our part well to engage in the mission that Jesus started and which we are called to share in. 
So give us focus and clarity, we pray, as we consider our role, our role, our part in your kingdom in these coming weeks. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Simon, for that um, excellent start to our series, thinking about the marks of mission. Um, 